Scoreline Extra. I'm Shane O'Keefe and in this edition of Scoreline Extra you'll hear some of the post-match reaction from Carlo's tremendous victory over Down. We'll also hear from Brian Dowling and Aoife Prendergast after Kilkenny bested Dublin in the Leinster Camogie final. No post-match from the Kilkenny and Dublin game. It was a late one, unfortunately. But we do have lots of soccer talk coming your way. Park Ammond joined us here on KCLR during the week talking about his departure from Newport County and what lies next for the Carlos striker. Jim Nugent also talks hanging up his gloves, a legend of the Kilkenny and District League. Speaking of the Kilkenny and District League, we are in the final of the KCLR McCammon Cup and John Purcell, the CEO of KCLR, talks to us about how important it is to support local sport. And Davy Jones talks all things fitness while Joe Sheehan talks greyhounds. First up, here's the Carlo post-match reaction. Tom, congratulations. Uh, I suppose it got a bit ropey, but it was always going to get ropey because there was a lot at stake in that game, but Carlo won, that's what you needed to do when you've won and you got a nice score up. Ah, oh, yeah, to be fair to Down, like they weren't going to come. Obviously, like the competition's important to us all, you mean, and stuff that way, and the win for Down would have been would have been important to them as well. But for us, we could only get, I, I suppose, the positive thing for us is that even though they brought it back to two pints, we solved the problems, and it's probably something that maybe two or three months ago we definitely would have probably come out losing the game, whereas today there, there was an element of, of responsibility taken by the players and they solved the problems and across the line Yeah it was a peculiar game a bit of stop starting you had a tremendous first half you didn't get scores as you would have liked at the start of the second half Marty kept in touch on the scoreboard but then the goals came at the right time there's lovely few passages of play and the experience and the younger players really worked well together I'd say you must be very happy with your younger players Absolutely I mean I think Conor Keogh there showed, showed leadership there in the forest when, when, when we were looking for it and stuff that way and I think as, as much as the two goals came and people might say they were maybe a little bit opportune but I think we, we definitely didn't convert the chances we had in the first half so I think it levelled up over the course of the game like you know and you're a bit unlucky in the first half as well because one or two goal chances missed and in fairness to Brian and the goal he brought off two great saves to keep you in the game at vital times ah yeah that's his job you mean and that's what, that's what he's there for so I, I, I think it's important that, that everyone, everyone does their job and today thankfully it's one of the days we can, we can, we can say that at, at least we've, we've brought out the new jerseys and, and performed in some capacity in a anyway you know? yeah, they're a big talking point the main thing was to win the match now you've set it up you said to me at the outset from round one in this when you played against me that this will probably go the distance and it's looking like it's going to go this and Michael Fenley went down to Kerry today awfully get out with a one point win couldn't be set up even better Carlo and Offaly next week and it could be a case of getting to the final if you could win that and other things going your way so all matches next week at 1 o'clock it's a massive game for Carlo Absolutely it's a massive game for everybody I mean, and I suppose we we want to put ourselves into the pot you mean, and see where that comes so I think you mean, from now it's about turning up in Tullamore next next Saturday at 1 o'clock and, and I suppose giving it the go I mean, obviously Offaly will be well, fa- well favoured to kind of win the game but that doesn't like we've done enough today to kind of put ourselves in there and I think that's, that's all we've asked of the players we asked to know where we're at after after the first three games, and we had we had a, a poor game against Kerry, all right. I mean, but I, I mean, and, and we we didn't know quite how to win above an Antrim, even though we, we, we gave a good performance. But I think today we've learned the lessons of of, of those two games in particular. You I mean and stuff like that, and brought it here to Dr. Gordon Park. Can I ask you before I let you go, Tom? The hand pass has been a talking point in hurling for the last year since introduced. But to be fair to the ref today, I think it balanced out. But there's one or two that you probably might feel aggrieved with, and we all feel this and feel that. But you know, I think he probably got it spot on today. There was a few dodgy ones in Antrim, but it's slowing down the game a bit, isn't it? Oh, it is definitely, yeah. And look at you mean, it, it, and I think you're right. I think he definitely got it. He balanced it up over the course of the game. I mean, and stuff like that. There might have been one or two questions either side, but I think I, I don't think it's a reason for would it be a reason for us if it, if, it, if it went wrong for us today, you know. So fit. Wise, I know Marty had a bit of a scare coming in, but he finished with 113 today. So if he was only half it, that's great. If he's fully fit next week, it'll be brilliant. But uh, onwards and upwards till more next week, Tom, you're, you're still in the pot, and uh, there's still a, go- a bit of a journey for Carlo Hurling to go. Well, there is, yeah. And look at that's, that's I suppose, we'll, we'll go there. And I suppose once, once the final whistle goes next Saturday, we'll have a good idea what we brought to the to the occasion as such. And we know it's a, it'll, be, it'll be a big challenge, but that's what we want to be. Well, pardon the pun, but let's hope it's an awfully good day for Carlo. Let's talk oh, to man. you next Saturday. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Million. I'll leave you in the capable hands of Kieran Murphy. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Tom, <laughs> Marty, well done. Uh, 113 for yourself, but a great score. I think it finished 225. Little ropey at times, as I said to Tom, but you ground out the win, and that's what was important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, uh, we were comfortable enough in the first half, but then they came back us back us hard in the second half, but... I thought we showed good, good character and we kept together and, and we didn't we didn't panic we uh, mm. organised well in the pitch and we, we got over the line and look I think we deserved a win I thought we were a better team all, all around so just happy to get two points now no, and you're certainly happy that you're still in the hunt now because it's a big one as at the time next week against Michael Fenley's Offaly it's going to be a cracker until more. yeah exactly look I suppose we just want, we wanted to I suppose when we, when we set out uh, our plan to start we just wanted to um, 
being a show come to end and, and that's where we want to be you know we went we bet awfully I think we'll be in a joint on the final so look all the play for now and looking forward to it Look okay, you were happy enough with all the lads today Yeah brilliant yeah. look it was a real panel effort and we, we emptied the bench and the boys drove us on like so look we're just trying to get the body right now for next week and we go again next week Look forward to seeing you until more Marty let's hope Carla get the support and maybe get to John McDonough final we've had a few great days in the past we might be more but there's a game to be played Yeah thanks Ben hopefully now uh, looking forward to seeing the support next hour now, and hopefully hopefully gives over the line Ok thanks a million Thanks Ben Well done Big day against Michael Fenley's Offaly on the way. We're now going to switch our attention to Camogie. Here's Brian Dowling. Brian Dowling, great feeling. First bit of silverware under your belt today. Leinster final. Four in a row as well, even though we didn't have 20 or 21 competitions. Still the fourth time we've won it. Good overall performance. I look, we're happy, I suppose. We came up to win the trophy. We, we said at the start of the year that, you know, or sorry, a few weeks ago at the start of the competition, we were here to win it. So, you know, we kind of felt that if we could win it and build a bit of momentum with every game, it would bring us on to the championship. So, look, we're really looking forward to down now next week. You know, look, it's great, but um, we'll get back training Tuesday night now and focus on the championship because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We are delighted with the first half performance, 3-7 going in at half-time and all from play. We just said to Strange that Denise didn't even get a, a shot at goal. Like So you must have been pleased with the first half. Yeah, I was delighted with the first half. I thought we got some brilliant scores. Um, probably left a couple behind us as well. Um, but, you know, I said at half-time the message was to, to push on. We weren't happy with the, the last 20 minutes against Offaly last week and probably wouldn't be happy with the last 20 minutes. But I suppose there's a lot of stoppages there in the second half, a lot of subs coming in and stuff like that. And, look, we said to the girls the next 10 minutes after half-time was crucial. And, in fairness, um, Aoife Doyle and Mary Mills from in got two brilliant goals and put the game to bed straight away. And, look, I suppose we're, look, we have one eye on next Saturday now just to get, rest a few bodies and just, you know, we have a big trip up to down. So we want to get ourselves right for that now. I said it to you last week after Offaly, 5-10 again from play, phenomenal scored and obviously um, the forwards really doing the stuff backs had an outstanding game as well today but there's definitely a more ruthlessness to you you're trying to put games to bed a lot earlier so that you can bring on subs I suppose the workload that you have coming up in the next few weeks you want to try and do that and give girls I suppose that's their game time and rest some of the players as well to help with the workload Yes well look that's always nice luxury to have but it doesn't always happen that way but look we have a brilliant uh, panel of players and we're trying to give as many players a bit of game time as we go along and you know there's girls there who didn't come on today and they're putting in a huge effort all year the same as everybody else so it's just to try and give everyone as much game time as we can and you know I suppose like the KG Power there you know just maybe has a bit of a knee injury and just to kind of mind her for a few minutes and you know I think you can see how good she was there when she's flying it so it's just to give a few players minutes as much as we can because look we know 15 players aren't going to win anything we have, we have three, two weeks and a go- five games coming up in the next couple of weeks in seven weeks so it's going to be important with all bodies I'm sure we'll pick up a few knocks along the way a few players might chop a bit of form so it's important to get as many players game time and we need everyone pushing in the right direction it's two outstanding performances now against Offaly and against Dublin here today. It sets you up nicely going in against Down next weekend. I know you spoke to me last week about the free counts that you weren't happy with it either. And I could see you a couple of times with your hands on your head as well um, today as well. Albeit it was a free enough flowing game, but there was a couple of fouls that you might not have been happy with. Yeah, I was very happy in the first half. Um, James Fitzgerald is our stats man. And one, the first question I ask him every time is, my freeze conceded? And we only had five conceded in the first half, even though I think three or four of them were up in the forward zone it's like for, for Dublin, which got scores off. But I thought attacking was better in the first half. I thought last 15 minutes, um, we probably give away a, tr- a few silly frees and that definitely knocked momentum out of the game. And that's the message we're saying to the girls, you know. Um, you know, giving away frees is leaving the opposition in the game and stuff like that. So I thought our backs, you know, a couple of times there, Dublin got the running us, but we stayed going, we got the hooks and got the turnovers back in, which is brilliant. So just all about putting the pressure on the opposition and just, you know, force them into the shot. If the score, that's fair play to them. But don't be giving them a free shot at the goal. And look, that's something that we're going to keep working. That's something I'm going to nail on the girls for the next couple of weeks, you know, something we have to improve on. And our work rate right in the forwards as well, you know, I say to them every single day that our work rate has to be better. And I thought for the first half there, you know, Dublin play a running game from the back and I thought our work rate right was brilliant which is great so we just have to try and get that going for longer because we're going to you know, come across bigger tests as I'm sure as the year goes on Bigger tests is right as we said earlier and you said it a lot of games in a short period of time especially two trips up north almost identical to one another I think there's only about a week or two in between them 
is the next goal Leinster is done and dusted with the next goal to get to Crow Park again in August oh yeah it should definitely look there's no point saying anything different we want to push on now and, and you know I suppose the aim is to, to get top of the group you know we have a tough group there so tough away trips especially so um, look we'll, I know it's a cliche and I suppose reporters sick of hearing people saying but it's game by game we've so many games it is just you know it's all about next next Saturday now and we have to make sure the girls are right for that um, you know Cork went up to down last year and I think it was 13 points to 8 so Galway played him in the league up there a couple of weeks ago and yeah, and I think it was you know with, with 15 minutes to go there was only 2 or 3 points in it so you know we know what we're up against um, they're going to relish playing us at home so we have to be ready for that and we can't take anyone for granted and you know we have to make sure that we're ready to go for next Saturday Yeah, well congratulations great victory today and the best of luck starting next weekend yeah, thanks Martin Aoife Prendergast, a good day here in Port Leash. You've just been crowned Leinster champions and you're fourth in a row. Must be a great feeling as captain to get your first piece of silverware. Ah, yeah, it's a great honour to represent Kilkenny and represent Dixford here today. Uh, we got over the line and it was a hard fought game, but uh, we came here to do a job and we done it. So happy, yeah. A bit like Offaly, you really tore into Dublin in the first half. You had a sizable lead at half time, but just straight after half time as well, I think it was 2 2 in quick succession that you got. You really put the, the game to bed very early. Was that something that you wanted to do? Yeah, look, um, it's well and good having a good first half, but if you don't come out and uh, tear into teams in the second half, um, you, you don't know what will happen. So, yeah, it's something that, that we want to work on and have a good first half followed by a good second half. You have a tight schedule coming up now, starting with Down next weekend as well. It was great to be able to empty the bench as well and give girls game time and rest some of the girls for the upcoming championship games. Yeah, definitely. As I said to you last week, uh, this team, this group of players, there's so much competition week in, week out. You don't, you could be starting one one match, you mightn't even get a run the next match. It's just that kind of group, and it's great to have so much competition um, within the within the team and everyone fighting for a position. So to get the bench empty today. And, everyone get a run um, yeah it was great and I know you're always on about the team performance and the whole lot but to captain your team in your first out and major final I should say representing the club as well and getting two quick early points on the scoreboard does the confidence the world good yeah look I was a bit nervous going into the match not going to lie but um, I, I really wanted to just um, get a good performance a good individual performance and then followed by a good team performance I wanted to contribute to the team today and yeah happy to get the two points but as I said again it comes down to the team well we wish you the best of luck next weekend in the start of the championship and we'll be following you all the way well done though today thanks a million Martin Brian and Aoife obviously delighted with their Leinster victory now we're going to hear from Paul Rick Amund after his departure from Newport County. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Now I'm delighted to be joined on the line by one of the best footballers Carlos ever produced, Mr. Paul Rick Amund. Paul Rick, how are you doing, sir? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm very good. I hear you're back in Carlo now as we speak. Yeah, uh, come back. Uh, a couple of days ago um, for a couple of weeks just before I had to wear on holidays as well just to see some family and, and bring the little fella home to see his his family as well because obviously we're away for quite a bit we don't really get back that often so um, no, it's nice to get home for a little bit and the weather's been decent as well so it's been good so far and well deserved as well because you've after having a tremendous season with Exeter um, we didn't really get to speak since uh, you were in the promotion playoff last year so it was around this time last year when we spoke but in if people don't know you made the switch from Newport County on loan to Exeter now Exeter have gained promotion as well it must have been a whole whirlwind of a season yeah it was um, it, it was it was brilliant and Kind of the, the switch happened unexpectedly uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, just I think it was actually after the first game of the season it happened. So you know it was, I couldn't have couldn't have asked to join a better club though. Um, you know everything about the manager was unbelievable down there, Matt Taylor. Um, and it was a brilliant year for me to go down and you know help help the lads and use my experience to you know hope well get them over the line as well. Like obviously we had a lot of the rest of them, but. It was it was funny. We we had lost. I'd lost two playoff finals with with Newport, and out of the last five, and the other three Exeter had lost. So um, we were joking in the build up to the last couple of games of the season, just going, 
we need to get promoted here automatically because if we don't get promoted automatically, we're losing the playoff final 100% <laughs> with us, with our record. So, um, no, I was really, really pleased to finally get over the line after years of heartbreak for both themselves and myself as well. Yeah, I would say that you'd use some experience that you would have both had in the playoff final, but it wasn't needed in the end of the day. Um, we know that in, in the Football League, it can be a long old slog of a season with loads of games going ahead, more so than people might be accustomed to when they watch the Premier League. How did you find managing that over the season? How did you sustain yourself to be able to gain automatic promotion? Um, I think we, we just went under the radar for quite a bit of it. and. Um, it was funny. We we started the season and, and the first three games we we didn't score and we didn't win. Obviously, so we were we were going to be relegated. Everyone was saying, and then we went on a twenty-one game unbeaten run. But we were always kind of in and around the playoffs um, throughout the whole season. And then I suppose we really kicked on when it mattered, um, which was which was you know the last kind of six seven weeks of the season. I think we we went on a couple about seven or eight game unbeaten run again. But it was wins this time, um, and we just started to. We never once spoke about automatic promotion until it actually happened, and then obviously we could have won the league the last day of the season, but unfortunately we we lost out on goal difference. But you know, as I said to you, if you had said to the lads after three games, look, you're going to get automatic promotion, but you're going to lose the league on goal difference the last game of the season. I think everyone would have snapped their hand off for that because you know how tough the season had started and. And obviously, I was coming in off the heartbreak of the previous season, losing the playoff final and extra, just lost out on the getting into the playoffs on the last day of the season as well. So it was something that I think the club just desperately needed and thoroughly deserved. I think, like I said, over the last five years, they've been so so close, and it just it, it, it takes everything to click. You know, it's, like you said, it's a 46 game season. You know, that's before you even play in any of the cups. If you get any sort of a cup run you end up could be playing 60 games a season. Um, you know, and it's a short season as well. Like It's it's only a nine-month season. So if you're trying to fit 60 games into nine months, you know, it, it is a slog, but the lads the lads were brilliant down there. It's a really good dressing room. I think when you're something like that, I think it makes it so much easier going into work every day. Um, I call it work, going into trainers every day. But it's, it's just a great working environment for us. Was it strange kind of looking over your shoulder at Newport's position in the in the league? You know, they ended up finished mid-table. Generally, when you hear of loans, it's maybe you might be dropping down to a club that might be of the calibre of Newport or, or a calibre of someone else. But you went on loan, you've gained promotion, you've done substantially better than your old club has. Obviously, you had that affiliation with the club and the love for the club that you spent five years at. So was it strange to see the squad kind of struggle in comparison to where you were? Um, they were, they were, we we played them in April. I think with six, seven games left of the season, and they were third in the league. You know, we are we were just behind them. I think. Um, now they played an, a couple of games extra when when COVID came around Christmas time. I think they were one of the teams that didn't have any games called off, so they were always a couple of games ahead. So maybe I'm not saying they were in a false position in that sense, but. Once everyone else caught up with them, I think things started to fall away from. So I kind of wasn't looking behind the shoulder for too long at them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I obviously looked at the results every week because I live, still live in Newport, and you know I was traveling up and down to Exeter every day. But I was living in Newport still, and I was um, obviously really good friends with the lads that are still there. Um, so I was I was meeting up with them a couple of times a week, chatting about things. But it wasn't really a case that I was kind of looking back at the results and and. Like being happy that the war and fair the war, being it was just a case of no, I was that excellent, and I was there to go down and do a job, and and thankfully I was able to chip in when when asked um, by the by the manager, and you know, you know contribute to a, a promotion winning season, and that was the most important thing for me. It wasn't ever kind of looking looking back at Newport or or anything like that. I think there was enough teams to be looking back at. They were trying to catch us at this stage, so. Um, it was just a really, really tight league, and they they finished mid table. But I think if you if you go back and look at probably six, seven games left, you know they were probably one of the favourites to be promoted. So it just wasn't to be for them. Yeah, the, we were talking to Gavin Houlihan not so long ago who uh, switched from Hartlepool to Grimsby after gaining promotion as well, and we were talking about the cutthroat nature of it. And despite having a love for a club or anything like that, it is. Uh, 
business at the end of the day. It's soccer's run like a business, um, much to the dismay of some people. So when the news that you're not going to be renewed with Newport came, was that expected or because you've been within the industry for so long, was that expected? Was it weighing heavy on your heart that you had to say your goodbyes without even going out onto the pitch to say your goodbyes? Um, it was one of those, you, you look at it and you go, I'm going out alone, but the management changed. So you're, you're probably expecting to leave, but there's always a little bit of, a, well, anything can kind of happen in football. And the previous year, we had another player who had gone out on loan to Exeter in the January, and his contract was up, and he ended up re-signing another year at, at Newport. So it was kind of, that one was in my head always, but... I probably probably did expect to leave. Um, I probably expected to have a, a a face-to-face conversation with someone in the club, considering you know there was a uh, quite an affiliation there and and a history with me. Um, you know I'd done really well for the club for four years I was there and top scorer for them and I was involved in a lot of really really good moments for the for the club over the, the period. So. But like you said, look, it is it's it's a cutthroat industry. Um, you know, it it is a business. As much of people don't want to don't want to think that or don't want to believe it, it is a business. Um, I've no problem with leaving the club. Like I said, yeah, probably maybe the only the only gripe I kind of had was, you know, I would have liked a face-to-face conversation. Maybe living probably the, of all the players at the club, probably the closest to the training ground. Yeah, we've talked to a lot of Kilkenny inter-county players and they tell us about the times when they get the call off Brian Cody and it's very short, it's very snappy, it's very, like, almost just, this is the information and this is how it's going to be, you go off and deal with it. But I was kind of a bit taken back by the nature of the phone call that you received. It was been touted in the media, that was 25 seconds. It was during that celebration with Exeter, during that parade that you seemed to have received that call. That must have been quite difficult to take in itself. Yeah, um, I think that was, I was, I'd done a podcast with um, the League of Ireland podcast um, during the week and, and, and it was in context of talking about cultural industry. I wasn't doing it to try to have a dig at anyone or certainly anything like that um but it was um might have been there was it was a 25 second phone call it wasn't while i was on the bus for the parade but we were on the way to we were in exeter with my family and said you know the the phone call kind of happened and it was finished before my parents and my wife even knew i was on the phone um and it was just like i said it was just it was just disappointing that I suppose that the call happened like that. Like I drove past the training ground the following day. I knew the players were having meetings the following day as well, so I knew that I was aware of of meetings and stuff like that. Look, and I've I've spoken to the manager since he, he he called me on Wednesday, I think after an interview or after it was published, and and apologised me and said he should have handled it better. And you know that's life. You just get on with things. I suppose it's 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 just. Like you say, it does leave a little bit of a a sour taste just when you have such an affiliation with a club. But you know that's it now. That's done. Um, football moves on very quickly. Um, uh, sport moves on very quickly, and and you know you have you have to just get on with it. Otherwise, you'll end up looking back at it and and probably be becoming bitter about things. And like I said, I had an unbelievable four seasons that I was there. You know, we were so so unlucky with the playoffs, but. We had an unbelievable time with the FA Cup runs and and getting to play against all those teams and getting to ex- experience all those big games um, and being successful in some of them as well. I think that was probably the biggest thing about it. And we had, we had a really good group of players as well. So that's the time, that's the thing I look back at my t- my time there. And you know, I'll always have fond memories of the club. Um, I still live in the area, so I probably will be popping to a couple of games at some stage throughout the year um, there's, no, there's no issues from the club or anything like that that's, that's football it's, it's, uh, it's like you said it's a business um, unfortunately and, and uh, you just got to get on with it now so considering that you're living in Newport we're not going, you're not going to do an Eric Malay and come back and get involved in the GEA and 
go from the FA Cup glory to county glory with with your own side, no? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm my GA days are behind me now. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm just looking forward to kind of a little bit of a break I'm going to get now. Um, just speaking to a couple of clubs as well and just seeing what seeing what the situation is and see where the future is going to lie. Um, it's uh, it's it's unusual. It's the first time in seven years I've been out of contract. Um, and funnily enough, that time I, I left, I left from the opposite of Gavin. I went from Grimsby to Hartlepool. <laughs> so that was the only that was the only time. So it was um, it's just one of those unusual situations that you just you have to sit down and weigh everything up now. See see what's the best thing for myself and my family. Um. Where's, where's the best option to go to and you know do we do we stay living in Newport and commute do we do we move you know there's a lot of big things um, to, to be decided and you know you just have to wait and see what comes in first Does a move to the League of Ireland interest you? We know Sligo Rovers there was a bit of rumours and innuendo about that just gone not so long ago Yeah something nearly happened in January but it wasn't meant to be, and I suppose it worked out well in the end. That, that although I was disappointed because it would have been a, a a great club to join, it was it worked out well that I ended up getting promoted. Um, you know, so maybe if that had happened, I would have been looking back at, at extra getting promoted and being quite jealous of it, and you know, of missing out on that that glory. Um, so I I don't know, I don't know. We we'll see. Um, I suppose it's it's not like <laughs> you're half afraid to say something. Yeah. In case it sounds like you're you're waiting for someone to just pick the phone up and ring you, but at the same time, I am on a contract as well. So, you know, what did Akinfemi say a couple of years ago at Wembley was they hit me up on WhatsApp, something <laughs> like that. All the managers are on a contract, and he's done all right since. So, um, no, look, I'm I'm on a contract. I'm I'm open to anything. Um, professional footballer. And the nature of the beast is you, you move about a bit. Um, you know, but at the, at the same time, like I said, I have to make sure that's right for me and my family as well. Um, and if it's staying in England, if it's staying in England. If it's if it's coming back to Ireland, you know, that'd be be great for family life as well, and and for for my son to be back home around his cousins and his granddads and granny grannies as well. So um, you know, that'd be that's that's another important side. So. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Manchester United will be looking for a striker after Cavani and all is leaving. You never know what could happen. <laughs> oh, I think the way that club has been running at the minute, it might be better off staying away from it. Just it's crazy, crazy what's going on there. Um, hopefully they can they can sort it all out now with with the new manager going in. But I think there's a there's a big issue with the the whole structure of the club and the way it's the way it's been run. I think is. When you look at the likes of Liverpool and, and Man City, and you, you see that they have a plan, um, Man United just seem to want to just go out and spend silly money on whatever players are available instead of trying to build a team or build a, a system throughout the whole club, and <laughs> they ended up losing a lot of money in, in the in the meantime doing all that. Um, you know, there's some, some very bad business decisions being made at the club, but. I don't know. If it gets changed, I, I wouldn't be holding my breath. Can a new manager, from your experience, a new manager just rocking in, can they come in and change that culture from the off, or is it going to take a lot of time, just from your own experience? I think the the biggest thing is if you look at if you look at Man City, they they got the old directors from sporting directors from Barcelona who came in and put a system in place yeah. and a style of football in place a couple of years before Guardiola came in and they started to build towards that and then Guardiola came in and they started putting different cogs in different positions um, and, and the, the, the wheels just kept turning and they just everyone knew their jobs you look at Man United since Ferguson's left they've just gone and got managers and every manager's gone and got our short term fixes apart from David Moyes at the beginning but they didn't give him long enough probably yeah. Um, Mourinho, Mourinho was always going to be a short term. Manal was always going to be short term. Um, you know, the probably the one who's come in and done the best out of them all was probably the one who got hammered the most, which was uh, well, Mourinho done obviously really well, but maybe Solskjaer wasn't doing such a bad job when you see what was going on recently as well. Um, but I think yeah, the whole structure of the club probably has to change from 
from from the top to the bottom. Um, and instead of going out and getting the best manager available, they need to decide on what's the style of football we want to do, what's the ethos of the club, what direction do we want the club to go in, and then go get a manager to suit that. Because when I done my A license, we had someone from Man City come in and done a done a uh, done a speech with us, done a lecture with us, and he basically said to us, "Look, when Pep eventually moves on, the club are not going to go out and get the best manager in the world that that's available. So get the best manager that will fit the style." and system at the club and it could be a completely unknown manager for some people but it will be the manager who will end up continuing the work that Pep has done at the, and continue to be successful with them because they're all on the same wavelength and I think that's why he probably you see when Pep went into Barcelona originally and Zidane went into Real Madrid they were working throughout the club so they knew what way the club worked and you know, probably like I said, the, the biggest thing that's wrong with Man United at the minute is, is the way the club is run. Um, and there's, there seems to be no direction in it. Seems to release players and then resign them for silly sums of money. And think back to when uh, Fellaini signed for United. I think they could have signed them for uh, a, a fee before a certain day, but decided not to. And then they signed them for seven or eight million pounds there a month later. Like so. You know, you try and think, well, what's the business decision there or how does that actually work? It's just wasting money. Well, we're looking forward to whatever decision you're going to make, Parik, coming up over the next while. You mentioned briefly there about the coach. We know that you're doing your coaching badges as well. So best of luck with all that. Thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy your trip back to Ireland and wherever your holiday destination is after that. And we'll be following you along next season. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. Parik Almond there, FA Cup hero for Newport County, hero for Exeter after helping getting them promoted. Always a pleasure getting to talk to him. Lots still to come here on Scoreline. Jim Nugent joins us here on KCLR. The Fort Rangers goalkeeper, manager, managed Oscar trainer teams, just has a huge history within the Kilkenny and District League. Here's what he had to say. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe. Uh, previously, you heard from Eddie Skelly and Eddie Doyle chatting about the football championship. We're going to be talking about soccer right now with a man who has history steeped in the Kilkenny and District League. Mr. Jim Nugent joins me on the line. Jim, how are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Shane. Not too bad. Jim, a pleasure again to speak to you. I've seen that lovely photo that went up of you and your sons after winning the league with Fort Rangers and with the added caveat that you're hanging up your gloves as well. But what a tremendous season it's had uh, to cap off your, your finishing in junior soccer. Yeah, it, it couldn't have worked out any better, Shane, to be honest with you. Um, to get to play with the three boys on the same team and uh, and Fort, Fort Rangers to win the league as well was absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah, you're going up it now into Division One. Um, Callum United are going up there as well. Um, it's it's going to be quite a competitive league. We know that Evergreen and Freebooters are are quite ahead. Thomastown as well, um, especially when it comes to the likes of facilities. Fort Rangers over the past while, I believe, were utilising Buckley Park, were you? We were, yeah. But this year we have our own pitch. We we have a new pitch now out here in Coast Grange. Um, uh, we got off uh, Anthony Dunn there, so um, it's 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 in good nick. It's it's a nice pitch. We're working hard on it, so we hope to be there for the foreseeable future. You know. Yeah, a lot of stuff that like me with Castle Warren Celtic, we don't have our own pitch. I know Callum was having trouble with their pitches as well. So the work that goes into keeping a season going and keeping the atmosphere good while you're struggling to get pitches and stuff, and ultimately you did. It, it's just a testament to the work that goes into each club. Yeah, well, I mean, the commission's working hard. We're we're all, we're all working hard, and you know, it was it was obviously it wasn't it wasn't ideal. You know, it was great to be playing out of Buckley Park, but it wasn't ideal, and we had plans in motion to get you know to to get our own pitch, and we've done that now. So we're going to build on that now. You know, dressing rooms, the whole lot. You know, in the future, like, and it's great to it's home base. Like, it's actually in Cubs Grange itself. You know, so it's great. Uh, is there a reason why you decided to end it in the first division? You don't fancy a crack at Premier, no? No, 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 <laughs> no. Look, I, I had, I had a goal in mind, you know, to, to actually play with the three boys and on, on, on the one team, and I've achieved that now. And uh, talking on that, you know, was, was, uh, was actually win the league. You know, it's great for Fort Rangers, like. 
Yeah, I used to play with Fort Rangers back in back in the day when I was about 18, about 14 years ago. It was always a great club. I've always had some ding-dong battles with them when I played with uh, Freebooters. Uh, Gary Breen used to play with you. Paul Murphy yeah, was in goal free yeah. and stuff. You know, it was yeah, just yeah. a tremendous team. So it's brilliant to see you back up at the top. Yeah, I know. Look, we're we're looking we're looking forward to the back in the Premier Division now next year. You know, um, like myself and Jim, we set a goal at the start of the season, like you know, to to at least get promoted. But uh, you know, to actually win the league now is great. Like it's our first league win, I think, since '96 or something. Oh wow! We have been promoted before, but it is our first time to win a league. Like you know, were you there back in '96 as well? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's brilliant. Um, with, with Fort Rangers now going up, and I did mention the teams like Evergreen, Freebooters, and Thomastown that seem to have everything in order. Dean Celtic as well, fantastic pitch. How do you reckon you're going to do next season? Because the Nugent name is quite synonymous. Are you going to keep the three lads with you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that, that's the that's the aim. Yeah, like I mean, there will be a, uh, maybe three or four, you know, finishing up like you know the older brigade. But uh, we have young lads in the club now, which is exactly what you need, and we 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 have no problem with that. We have a good squad. We we hopefully we'll add to it and give it a rattle. You know what I mean? And we, gonna... we've been up in the Premier Division before, and we we we've held our own for years up there. You know. Are you going to be managing from the sideline then, or what? What, what is going to be oh, your yeah, role? Yeah, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'll hopefully ratify now myself and Jim will be managers next year. I, I and from the sideline, as you say, yeah. Lovely, and we know that you're involved with the Oscar trainer there for quite some time. Um, got getting to two finals. Uh, you were in the studio with me with uh, Jim Ella as well, uh, having a yeah. chat about it. Hasn't really, it didn't really go ahead now the past uh, two years. Is I know you weren't involved in it the last time, but uh, did you hear any rumblings if it is going to go ahead? No, we we knew like the the competition wasn't on. You know what I mean. Um, I haven't heard anything to say that it's going to be on next year either. You know, I think they're trying to revamp it. Um, personally, my own, you know, thing on that would be it would have to be knockout. I mean, the, this division, you know, playing three games or whatever in a, in a kind of a league format. Mm. Um, and then then you end up playing the last game and it means nothing. You know that kind of a thing, and it's expensive for for a league to be going to, to games, you know. So, But I don't know. I, 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 as I said, I didn't hear anything, but and, they, are, they are talking about revamping it. Like. And there is some some great talent within Kilkenny. You've seen when you get into the finals. We know that they got bested by Carlo. Great talent there as well. We've seen them even going to the LFA Junior semi-finals, Evergreen and New Oak were both there as well. But there's some fantastic talent within Kilkenny and some coming from Fort Rangers as well. It's brilliant to see. Yeah, well, sure. That's that's the thing, Shane. I mean, the talent is there. It's just you know to organise it and 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 get it right on the day. Like we were unfortunate. We said to Jim, now you know two finals, two losses. You know, and both of them at home. You know, but look, you know, on the day, it's, it's you know yourself cup finals. You know, it's a, it's a one-off game. It's whoever's up for it on the day, and we were unlucky. Like, you know, so. Uh, you still you still have stuff to play for now with Fort Rangers. You have the Bill Lai Memorial Cup. Uh, did you find out if you're going to be up against uh, Callan or Evergreen Day? We're playing earlier yeah, on this morning. Callan won this morning four three. So the first and second team going head to head. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In, in one semi final, and Booters and Armandville on the other side. Brilliant. Well, we Booters wish be, we wish in uh, will you, So you're not technically hung up your gloves just yet, then. No, I've hung on my league gloves. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be getting them back out for the, well, yeah. semi-final and hopefully for yourself well, hopefully, final. Hopefully for another two games, yeah. Love, yeah. Well, Jim, look, it's a pleasure again to talk to you. No doubt we're going to be covering uh, those games as they happen. Once again, congratulations on your on your time with Fort Rangers on all your contributions to the Kilkenny and District League. Uh, you won't be sorely missed, I'd say, because you're still going to be on the sideline. But no doubt you'll be yeah. sorely missed between the sticks. Okay, thanks very much, Shane. Thanks very Appreciate much. It. Jim Nugent, hanging up right. his gloves, not just yet. Is there two more games left for himself? He's gone up against Callan. He just got confirmation there. Callan after best in Evergreen B, Ormond Villa versus Freebooters B in the Bill Lahey Memorial Cup. So we'll be keeping up to date on everything that's happening there. Freebooters and Evergreen, they're about to kick off in just over an hour in the KCLR McCama Cup semi-final. We'll have Shawnee Dial there, Freebooters man, who's going to bring us up to date with everything that happens as it happens. We're going to take a bit of music now. (laughs) 
Next up, for the first time, is John Purcell, CEO here at KCLR. KCLR obviously sponsored the McCallum Cup as well as a host of different sporting endeavours within Kilkenny and Carlow. Here's what he said. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Shane O'Keefe, here until 6 o'clock. Now I'm delighted to be joined in studio by CEO of KCLR, my boss's boss, Mr. John Purcell. John, thanks very much for coming in. Hi, Shane. Pleasure. Uh, first time on Scoreline with us here. So. It is in, in living memory of myself, anyway, that I can remember, <laughs> yes. I might have graced your programme with a promo for the bottom line, maybe, if yes, I was certainly. lucky, but uh, this is my first time here in the hot seat. Yes, well, look, it, it it's important for me to kind of make reference to the McCallum Cup over the past few years. It's probably one of the premier competitions within cup football in Kilkenny, and for as long as I can remember, KCLR have been a sponsor of the cup. Uh, John Corrigan, Wax Lyrical, when he's in doing the draw, always thanking KCLR for that. And sometimes that gets lost on, on people. Um, yeah, we've been at it for 18 years. We celebrated 18 years of KCLR just, um, I think it was last week. Uh, and we've, to the best of my recollection, from 2004 onwards, we've been involved with the McCallum Cup, maybe 2005, um, given that we started in May. But yeah, we've been involved in the McCallum Cup with the Kilkennian District League and we're really uh, delighted to be involved uh, in it and it's a really good competition and it's keenly contested every year and it's just great to be part of it. So even going back that far when you started up KCLR you realised the value of investing in local sport. Why why, why was that? Why well I suppose uh, local radio is a very unique kind of a, a media beast really because we're about all things local, local news local information you know people you know you hear requests played for people who've had babies out in St Luke's you hear death notices and so on and when we started the um, station th- the line that we used was Casey Lord the heart of Carlo Kilkenny so we want to be at the heart of stuff going on and sport is really the heartbeat of of uh, communities parishes local areas neighbourhoods all that good stuff and you know sport is just such an important part of life and, and you know our the sporting life of Carlo Kilkenny and indeed you know it's reflected in the great programming you and the guys do in Scoreline um, it's just such a part of 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 every day and we're just delighted to be part of it yeah see it's, it's ingrained within the culture and you can see the benefits throughout the community and it's nice I was talking to Rob Hartnett who puts businesses uh, together with uh, different sporting organisations likes of Little being involved in the football and TikTok involved in the Six Nations and it, it, it's really nice when you see businesses getting involved in that because it, it, it seems like there's going to be an infrastructure continually to go forward within the competition. We've seen it in Carlow. We have the KCLR Carlow Shield. And then the new one that we did at the start of last year for women's soccer, which is a Kilkenny and Carlow split cup competition won by New Park, was the Scoreline Shield as well. So you can see that there's a continuing investment within soccer, but obviously in a broader range within GEA with all the commentaries and different things that yeah, I mean, there's Yeah, I mean, there's a huge uh, community of people, you know, players of all those sports you mentioned, uh, soccer, camogie, GEA, all those is one thing, but there's a huge voluntary effort uh, given by people, administrators. You know, you mentioned John Corrigan, but on the GEA side, the county boards and Kilkenny and Carlow. Um, they deliver a huge amount of value for people. They do an awful lot of work behind the scenes and getting their message out there, be it, you know, about fixtures, be it about um, match times, be it about, you know, important information. About, which we utilise on the radio as well. Which we do, but it's a, a very symbiotic uh, relationship and that's why we're involved with so many sports because it's good uh, content for our listeners and our listeners want to know about local sport uh, and equally um, I think it, it helps the organisations involved and we're delighted to, to help them because radio is a kind of unique beast I think in terms of, of the coverage and, and you know where where we do commentaries I think the passion and you know we're unashamedly um, kind of partisan in many ways when we go beyond Kilkenny and Carlow and we're playing the Dublin's It's my favourite thing about listening to Brendan Hennessy Yeah I mean <laughs> and that passion you know it, it can't be matched and sometimes um, you know uh, people take that sort of stuff for granted but it is actually fantastic uh, and it just means so much to people and I know you and I know Brendan and I know all the team get a great kick out of um, 
you know, getting far flung texts from people having their breakfast out in Brisbane and listening to the matches or listening to the sport and all that because it's unique. Um, it's a unique link, and I can remember, you know, back a good few years ago now, um, sitting on the beach in Portugal with my own family, and we listened, listening around the um, <laughs> the phone uh, to KCLR coverage of sport because there was something that we wanted to find out about. And you know, apart from looking over at our shoulders at the Germans and the French people, wondering what they were thinking of us, ooing <laughs> 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 and eyeing, it, it just really brought home to me the the powerful role that we can play in bringing Carlo and Kikenny people not only in Kikenny and Carlo but all over the world in touch with the teams that they're supporting there's one sport that you mentioned there uh, Kamogi we in recent years we've seen a big upsurge in the coverage that we do for Kamongi. Uh, we have the Kamong Kind podcast we've had teams of the years Martin Quilty Anya Fatty and our head of sport here Ken McGuire doing a fantastic job of continually promoting the sport they've won uh, a Kamogi press award there recently but KCLR's kind of commitment to that hasn't really stopped. I believe there's going to be an overall sponsorship for the Kilkenny Primary Schools Camogie semi-finals and finals coming up. Big plans for that one. Absolutely. I think um, rightfully over the years there's been criticism of media in general maybe focusing a bit too much on male sport and male um, issues. And I think, you know, we've taken that very seriously on board. And, you know, I have three daughters and they've played Camogie at various times. Um, and I, I do recall having kind of vigorous discussions about them, why we don't have more Camogie coverage. And they were actually right. So we've, we've increased it. And I'm not saying it was my idea, but, you know, it's it's been the Camogie uh, organisations are very good to work with. The passion is there the freshness is there and it's just fantastic so we're delighted to be part of that and we have exciting plans into the future and coverage in general has seemed to increase as well we almost had 110 live matches last year which coming off the pandemic is just it was mind-blowing for me to get to experience all that and especially with different uh uh, different disciplines of sports because the carlos senior football league we branched out into intermediate and junior uh covered nearly every round within that league which is something that was never done before yeah i think when you put it down and you put it in well over 100 and you know with plans to continue to grow it and we have you know different options using our app and so on it really is incredible and if you put it into context with larger organizations like the rtes or the virgin medias or the bbc's it's well up there you know 100 plus commentaries is a huge undertaking and we have a small team uh, and it's just a tribute to everybody uh, involved and the passion, you know, <laughs> doesn't matter whether it's an All Ireland or whether it's the, you know, the second round of a of a of a league. I think the passion is always un un unrivaled, and and you'd find it hard to distinguish between you know the level of competition, and that's what makes it every match is important. Yeah, and you can see as well with the sports coverage that has been brought up. We've now added. Uh, Eddie Scally on Friday night scoreline uh, you've had Sinead Kyo who's been a tremendous addition with full time on Monday night the Jane Lors according to the last one was the best listenership ever for weekend sports so you can see that the people want to listen to it and you can see that KCLR responding to that by upping their coverage and with the kind of podcast network that's almost been created covering rugby and hurling. Well tribute to yourself as well Shane in that because I mean we really used the opportunity of the pandemic to kind of gather our, our thoughts and our concentration because for many months over the last two and a half years there was actually no sport and I think fondly of your coverage of the Belarusian um, <laughs> Federation <laughs> soccer and I just um not to make light of it, but uh, it was quite quite lucky that um, during the pandemic we were all still prepared to engage with Belarus, uh, which isn't yeah. the case now yeah. because you would have been completely... <laughs> I had to stop that one dead in the water anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, for political reasons, obviously. But, um, you know, I think there's the pandemic unlocked a huge appetite for sport and I think we use that to kind of up our game as well and I think we've done that and a tribute to you and everyone involved in the team and Ken and everybody you know um but the the game goes on and like you know uh, week in and week out and there's always something important you know and, and we're talking about team sports but also horse racing and all the other individual sports as well and you know we're delighted to be involved in it, in it. it's great to talk about the Casey Lauren McCallman Cup but I mean all sporting organisations we want to work with you we want to help people get the message across and we want to be as a, as we started off with the slogan 18 years ago at the heart of Carlo Kilkenny sport.
that's I that's what I tell everybody anytime I, they come into the studio with me I was like send me a message send sport a message that's what we're here for we might be able to see everything but let us know it's an open avenue for you to come in and that's what local radio to me is about uh, we cover local stories from you know somebody doing amazing in their under 15 basketball game and they might get a David Boogie Motor Sports Star Award but we'll be out with Mount Juliet as well for the Absolutely, Irish Open yeah. this year so it's national things as well and and often the big international ones uh, have have a really strong local link as well there's always a, a kind of a Carlo Kilkenny link to yeah. most stories you know what I mean and so we're delighted to do that but equally just to encourage people who might be just used to listening on the radio there's a world of stuff that we provide through scoreline.ie and our web traffic has been going through the roof and people you know they, they can read stuff they can listen back to old matches they can do all that kind of stuff so um We've adapted to the, as they say, non-linear um, demand as well, which is like you might miss stuff on, on the radio, but it's there uh, on our websites uh, and, and through our social media as well. The ever-evolving nature of working in media, I assume. Oh, ever-evolving is right, Shane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, never stops evolving. And, and that's good too. It can be challenging, but it's good. But it always comes back to the same stuff the passion and the 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 sport and it doesn't really matter whether it's on our facebook page whether it's through instagram or whether it's on good old fm we're we're seeking to um you know bring people the passion and the, the all that's going on uh 52 weeks of the year pretty much well John thank you ever so much for coming in I assume you're going to be back with on the bottom line on Saturday I'll be back next Saturday yeah absolutely <laughs> stories far and about business so tune in just after 9 and you can listen back to that as well on the KCLR app you can listen back to all the podcasts of the bottom line John thanks very much for coming in thanks Shane last words still to come here on Scoreline don't go anywhere Davey Jones is up next talking all things fitness. Swaggin.ie Welcome back to Scoreline in the last hour of the show before we get him ready to hand over to the next presenter coming in. But we're still here for the next hour and joining me now as he does every Sunday talking about all things fitness is Davey Jones from Davey Jones Fitness. Davey, how are you doing, sir? I'm good now, Shane, and you? I'm very good. Are you getting ready to pull any trucks today? Yeah, going to pull the trucks there now this evening. I'm ready for it. <laughs> you, you, you say it so nonchalantly. You're just, yeah, I'm just going to go and pull a truck. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm used to it now. <laughs> uh, uh, that, We've got a few messages in uh, when I said that you were coming up on the show, and you're talking about you're well used to it. A lot of people aren't. They go to the gym, it's a very daunting thing for some people, you know, making themselves in some ways vulnerable about walking into a gym. Um, don't really know the mechanics of different machines and different things like that. What would you advise a complete novice, someone that hasn't built up any muscle, that are looking at all these machines when they walk into the gym and they don't know what's going on? Just go to the people working there and ask for some advice. Don't Don't be afraid to do so and definitely don't go off and try to do it off your own back not knowing what to do because you know you end up not knowing what to do Joe, probably not doing it in the end because you don't know what to do or going doing it and then maybe getting hurt or not getting any benefit out because you're not doing it right so just whatever gym you're in you know ask whoever's there to help you show you and ask them maybe would, would they be able to go through a program with you and and work from there like because if you don't have any sort of a program or if you don't have any set, a set kind of workout to do you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of wasting your own time, really. Uh, another message in there saying, Shane, I'm in my 50s and I'm getting a bit confused as to what's going on with my body. I'd like to train, but I don't know how to go about it. So what advice would you give someone that uh, are maybe in the, an older demographic than the young people that you would see frequent gyms, someone in their 50s, in their 60s, their testosterone might be down a small bit or anything like that. Does training vary depending on age? Exactly, yeah. Mobility might be an issue there with, with, with older people. Uh, some of our personal training clients uh, would be 50 plus, 60 plus even. And... Uh, yeah, mobility is an issue there, making sure the, the person can do certain exercises first and then, and then taking it from there, working on strength and mobility. And I'd advise that person to go get some professional help, maybe. Uh, especially if you've never done it before, then you're starting and you're 50 plus, go get some professional help. You know, there'll be no time wasted then. 
And you mentioned mobility. Uh, stretching, you're always waxing lyrical about the benefits of that. You're a very flexible man for 24 stone, I can assure you of that, nearly doing the splits there one day I seen you. But stretching, do you stretch before a workout, after a workout? What's, what way does that meant to work? Uh, dynamic stretching beforehand. So basically, movement stretching, stretching, if that makes sense. So where your body's moving. And then a static stretch then is where we hold the stretch for 30 seconds or so. And that's that's better for after after our workouts. Once our, our muscles are taxed, we kind of static stretch to loosen them out a bit. And then in between days in your workouts, some static stretching and some mobility stuff is best you know, to keep yourself loose. Because once we work out, we kind of stiffen our muscles and our joints a little bit. The next day then, you should feel the effect of the workout. And that's a good time to do some stretching so the next workout the following day might be a bit, be a bit better and you'd be, you'd be a bit looser to do it then Would your stretching depend on the type of training you're doing in the sense that you might be going light with higher reps or you'd be looking at doing a, a heavy set would your stretching kind of change depending on what your goal is going in? Exactly yeah well, it depends totally on what uh, muscle groups you're going to use so I think the dynamic stuff at the start, you know, if you're doing upper body, do some upper dynamic body stretches and then some activation drills of whatever muscles you're using, if you're using your back or your shoulders, whatever. So there's some light weights and get get some blood flow into into those muscles and get them activated before you go in. A lot of people I've seen in the gym over the years, let's say, we take a bench press, for instance, and a person can bench 40 kilos while for 10 reps, let's say, and they go straight in and they go for 40 kilos. While it doesn't make a difference what um, strength you are, you should always start with the lowest increment you can. So obviously the barbell being 20 kg, start there. Like I, I know guys who bench 200 plus kilos and, you know, they start with the bar, start with the empty bar and work your way up. And that, that's how you should do it properly. And what about abs then? Uh, you're, everyone wants to have washboard abs and it's not really attainable sometimes for certain people if you want to maintain a, a certain type of uh, living and standard of life and you're not cutting out all carbs and everything like that but uh, you'd see people that are training abs nearly every day whereas something like your shoulders you generally might work out once to twice a week with abs are you meant to kind of go every day or do you always take a break from it what way does that work Working your core every day would be great. Um, doing abs, like in the sense of doing ab curls and stuff like that, probably not. Probably you might shorten your hip flexors and tighten up your hips a little bit if you're doing them every day. Um, like you were saying there, saying like doing doing all the sit ups in the world won't subside uh, someone having a bad diet if they want to lose body fat or anything like that. You know, doing sit ups is not going to help you get a six pack. More what's causing your out really than anything else. And but doing core work every day is 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 vital just for just for general back health and you know posture and posture and all that like you know it's it's good to do a little bit of core every day just some core activation stuff like that and sit ups and all that are well all well and good but more like the likes of planks and stuff like that they're they're much better for your core. So planks is almost sustaining your own body weight. Uh, body weight. You see the difference in, in, in people that talk about maybe body weight exercises, pull-ups, that kind of thing. Does that help strengthen the muscles more so than just pulling weights up off the floor or anything like that, being able to sustain your own body weight for certain periods of time or for certain reps? Yeah, well, like even a pull-up, like you mentioned there, like a pull-up would be much more beneficial than doing a, a row machine or a pull-down machine or anything like that because, like you said, it's body weight and all those stabilizer muscles have to work because you're pulling yourself up, you're controlling your whole body, your core, everything's working. Unlike a machine where you just, you know yourself, you're moving it from A to B. All you have to do is apply the pressure, like, but, but with the pull-ups or the planks, there's a lot of core involved because you have to control your body from swaying or anything like that. You're training yourself about three hours a day because you want to be the best, as you said to me, you want to be the best uh, strongman that you can be, possibly the best in Ireland. You still have to hit your peak. You have three competitions coming up now this year. How has training been going? Yeah, training's going well. Really coming into form now the last two or three weeks. I had a, had a bad few weeks there the last two weeks previous and a lot of people ask me, you know, a lot of people probably just think, oh, he's a machine or whatever and he's always on form, but I had bad two weeks there. It was it was overdoing it. I had to take a week back, just a deload week, just really lightweight. And then I did that three weeks ago. The last two weeks now have been really good. So that bit of a rest now really helped. And 
Okay, clear the mind a little bit, and yeah, they're really good now. So I'm looking forward to this one in the UK now. It'll be the biggest show I've ever done to date now. So I'm really looking forward to that. The circuit in itself within Ireland obviously wouldn't be huge, considering that it takes a lot to be able to be a strongman. Are you aware of who you might be going up against? Are, have you been? Do you chat amongst each other? Is there a friendly atmosphere, or is it very, very competitive? Ah, uh, no, strongman's a very it's a friendly sport because it's a it's kind of very singular it is a singular sport it's kind of the lonely sport in the sense of it's only you and that's it and you're up against all these guys but like you know if any of the guys ever forgot their equipment or anything like that we'd all help each other out and we'd all get on fairly well and um, this one the UK I'm going to cross the now I, I wouldn't know much of the lads uh, most of them are English uh, Welsh and Scottish there's only three guys from Ireland going over and yeah me and one other chap from Ireland it'll be our first time uh, at that level and everyone else has kind of done that level before, so we're the kind of novices going over, so it'd be good to mix it up with the big boys over there. And you're a big boy yourself, Davey, I'll be seeing you very, very soon. Thanks very much for taking the time. Go and pull that truck like only you can, sir. Thanks, Ian. And finally, Joe Sheehan on Greyhounds and what is happening in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and beyond. Well, the action just never stops in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. And last night we saw four cracking quarterfinals of this year's Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced. It was an amazing night in front of a bumper crowd in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. And this is a competition we have been looking forward to for many, many months now. It's €10,000 to the winning connections. It's fantastic prize money, fantastic racing. We have the cream of the crop here descending in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. So last night, as we said, four quarterfinals. The first quarterfinal was won so, so impressively by a Greyhound called Another Holiday, owned by Jack Roach and trained in Tipperary by Michael O'Donovan. He's made two wins from two, two on the bounce, and he won in a time of 28.54 last night at a price of 2-1, to one, winning by eight and a half lengths, which is a phenomenal margin. So Another Holiday will go straight into favourite for this competition, I would imagine. A seriously impressive performance by him last night. Yankee Doodle was back in second, and back in third was Mingler's Nitro. So those three greyhounds will emerge through to next week's semi-finals of this year's Champion Open Unraced in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. So well done to Connections of another holiday. Winner of our first quarter-final last night. In the second quarter-final, Droopy's Gravy showed deadly early pace and won by three and a half lengths in a very, very nice performance indeed. Owned by Sean Dunphy and trained in Kildare by Robert Gleeson. He won in a time of 28.76, a very slick performance indeed, at a price of 4-1, to I'm sure. He didn't go without his support in the betting ring last night. Back in second was Blackstone Gorgie. And in third was Grange Viewport. So those three go through to next week's semi-finals of the Kilkenny Track Champion Open Unraced. It was a cracking race, this second quarter final. In the third quarter final, Deadly Crusader. Deadly by name and deadly by nature indeed. He won by length in a time of 28.95, owned by Gary Hannon and trained in Timahoe County Leash by Carol Ramsbottom, who of course has enjoyed fantastic success in recent months in the greyhound racing world and looks to have a very nice prospect on his hands here indeed deadly crusader as you said won by linked back to bogger bible in second and knackle hill back in third so those true to next week's semi-finals and of course there was a very little between these three greyhounds in one length and one and a half lengths the winning distances here so very, very tight margins indeed. In the fourth quarter final, Lemon Jock came out on top in 28.69. An amazing performance indeed and owned and trained locally by Mr. Tom Lennon. Only won by a neck to the very well-named Pablo Escobar back in second and Fennis Trigger back in third. So those three go through to next week's semi-final as well. Very nice performance by Lemon Jock. He came out, showed good early pace. Pablo Escobar finished like an absolute train. And as you said, only a neck between them. Only two hundredths of a second. Pablo Escobar, also another greyhound, trained by Carl Ramsbottom. So he will emerge through the next week's semi-final and also finish trigger. So, 
we are left with 12 in this year's 10,000 euro to the winner champion in unraced in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium it's going to be a cracking night next Friday night and also next Friday night we will have the Barrow Rangers GAA Club fundraiser for Barrow Rangers GAA Club I'm sure there will be a fantastic crowd in attendance it's a wonderful way of raising money for your GAA clubs or sporting organisations and I'm sure it's going to be a cracking night in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium next Friday for the Barrow Rangers GAA Club fundraiser. And the following week after that, we will have the Young Ireland's GAA Club fundraiser in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. So lots of busy nights, lots of fundraisers coming up over the coming weeks and months in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. Elsewhere, on the 11 race card last night, Lacken Henry was very, very impressive for owner-trainer Thomas Lenning winning his first time out in 29-23. The A1 race was won by Blastoff Henry in a very nice performance. 28-69 the clock here, owned by Paul Hines and trained by the maestro, Mr. Paul Hennessy. So a very nice greyhound for him indeed. Elsewhere, in Shelburne Park last night, we had the semi-finals of what is one of the highlights of the sprinting calendar of the year, the Island Bridge Open 315. Strong local interest here in the form of Ella Supremo for Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin put in a smashing performance to win in 18.95 and goes through to next week's Island Bridge Open final. And of course, Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin is a very, very shrewd operator indeed, so we wish him the very, very best of luck in next week's Island Bridge Open 350 final. The second semi-final was won by Gizmo Cash, Breaking the track record, doing 18-18. A phenomenal run, never seen in Children Park before. For young trainer Jamie McGee, he's only 24 years of age. Fantastic to see it. So, great to see that level of competition in Children Park. Best of luck to Ella Supremo as he goes through to next week's final. In Mullingar, tomorrow we have the RPG TV Irish Zarvich Open 600 final. That's going to be live on Sky Channel 437. That takes place at 17 minutes past four tomorrow. So lots happening in the Greyhound racing world this weekend. Lots to look forward to locally in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium with the semi-finals of the Track Champion Open unraced next Friday. And also, as we said, the Barrow Rangers GAA Club fundraiser. And also the Island Bridge Open 350 final next weekend, which Mooncoiner trainer Peter Cronin looks to win with Ella Supremo. So best of luck to all our local runners this weekend and over the coming weeks in the Greyhound Racing World. That's been Scoreline Extra. Join us next week on Scoreline starting Friday night with Eddie Scali. You can also listen to some of our podcasts like The Clash Act. Most recent guest was Charlie Carter, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Until then, stay safe, stay sane. I've been Sean O'Keefe. Sound out. 